Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode three of From the Top, a podcast for anyone who loves to read, where I, Jake Lewis, your host, your narrator, will read to you the first chapter of a YA or middle grade novel. Hopefully you'll like what you hear and want to keep on reading it yourself. Welcome to the show. So for this episode, I have picked out a book called Sweep, the story of a girl and her monster. And before I even get into the reading of the book, just take a look at the the cover and the first few pages of it. I know you can't see it, but I recommend if you don't go and get the copy to at least Google the cover. It's really cool artwork. It almost looks like uh, where the wild things are meets Jumanji in the way that it is uh, drawn. And if you go a few pages into it, the pictures are sort of like in charcoal sketching, which makes it look kind of dark and dirty and possibly even scary. There's also a little hand-drawn map in the beginning of the book, which is probably going to come in useful as we read on in this novel and have to figure out, you know, where each place is. So I always think that uh, pictures are great to have in a book. You're never too old to read a book with pictures, in my opinion. And this is one of those books where they have some famous quotations in the beginning of it. And usually if an author puts a quotation at the beginning of their book, it has something to do with what the book is about. And I think this first one is pretty obvious. It's from William Shakespeare's play Cymbeline. And it says, Golden lads and girls all must, as chimney sweepers, come to dust. And so I know just by looking at the title and the cover where the uh, the character is holding what looks like a chimney sweep brush, that this book is probably about chimney sweeps. So, so that makes sense, too. But it also tells me that uh, golden lads and girls all must and then come to dust, that we all sort of lose that shine, that innocence in our lives as we grow up, unfortunately. And then the second quote says, the imagination is the true fire stolen from heaven to animate this cold creature of clay by Mary Wollstonecraft. And so she's saying there that animation is really what brings, sorry, imagination is really what brings things to life it's a it's a heavenly gift and you can make something like a piece of clay into something much more interesting so with those in mind let's get into the first chapter this book is also split up into parts uh and so part one is called innocence chapter one is called the girl and her sweep There are all sorts of wonderful things a person might see very early in the morning. You might see your parents sleeping. You might see an ambitious bird catching a worm. You might see an unclaimed penny on the sidewalk or the first rays of dawn. And if you are very, very lucky, you might even catch a glimpse of the girl and her sweep. I'm just going to pause real quick here to let you know that sweep is with a capital S. So that tells us that it is either a person or a thing rather than just a broom, which would probably be a lowercase s. 
Look, here they are now, approaching through the early fog. A thin man with a long broom over one shoulder, the end bobbing up and down with every step, and trailing behind him, pale in hand, a little girl who loves that man more than anything in the world. The girl sticks to the man like a shadow. If he hops over a puddle, she hops too. If he skips along a rail, she does the same. It is clear just by looking at them that the little girl belongs to the man, just as the man belongs to the little girl. And as they pass between sleeping houses, they sing at the top of their lungs, with brush and pail and suit and song, a sweep brings luck all season long. The song is not particularly special. Their voices are not particularly sweet. But when they sing, the most unusual thing happens. Instead of people snapping their windows shut to block out the sound, they rise from their beds, one by one, throw back the curtains, and decide to leave the world just a little bit more. Sorry, decide to love the world just a little bit more. That makes sense. And that's what readers do. Readers mess up with their reading sometimes. They go back and correct themselves. Nothing wrong with that. They decide to love themselves just a little bit more. Parents suddenly feel the urge to hug their children. Children suddenly feel the urge to let them. And every person, young and old, spends the rest of the day softly humming the song of the girl and her sweep. For as long as the girl could remember, the sweep had been at her side. First, he carried her in a sling over his back and fed her bottles of milk. When she got a bit older, he would let her ride upon his shoulders and pick apples from the trees they passed. And when she got older yet, they walked together like true equals. The sweep shared everything with the girl. If he had a scarf, he would let her wear it during the cold days and take it for himself on the hot ones. If they found a loaf of bread, the girl would eat half and pass the rest to the sweep. He would eat half of what remained and then give it back to the girl. Then she would eat half again and so on. They would trade the loaf back and forth like this until the bread was gone and their bellies were full. The sweep let the girl share in his work, too. First, he just had her scoop ashes from the hearth. But when the girl became a bit stronger, he let her climb chimneys with him. From the start, the girl was a natural climber. She had long limbs, just like the sweep, and her thin frame could wriggle through even the tiniest flues. Being inside a chimney is a frightening thing. It's so dark and cramped that one can scarcely tell which way is up. And so, when the girl and her sweep climbed inside a chimney, they would sing to each other. The sweep, who always went up first, would brush out soot and nests and cobwebs, singing all the while. And the girl knew that all she had to do was follow his voice and she would be safe. Eventually, the two of them would emerge from the top of the flue, filthy and triumphant. The view from a chimney stack is a truly majestic thing. For miles in every direction, all you can see are rooftops and more rooftops, like tiny dunes stretching to the horizon. Many times, the sweep remarked that kings and lords couldn't wish for a better view, and he should know, because he had swept a few palaces in his day. 
Of course, life was not always easy for the girl in her suite. Many nights were cold and wet. Many days were humid and hungry. More than once, they entered a new town and quickly found themselves surrounded by a band of disgruntled local sweeps. Whenever this happened, the sweep would ask the girl to watch the tools while he and the other sweeps talked things through in the alley. He would emerge a few minutes later, limping slightly, his clothes a little torn, but smiling as broadly as ever. He would report to the girl that the other sweeps had told him of a neighborhood just a few miles off with some particularly good houses. And thanks for this valuable information, he had decided to give them all the money in his pockets. When the sweep did secure work, he would get paid a coin or sometimes even two coins. On his way out the door, he would always warn the homeowner to burn the chimney hot all night long, just in case any sparrows tried to make a nest up there. This was a special joke between the girl and the sweep, and it was all the girl could do not to spoil things by laughing. Later that night, once the sun had set and the town was asleep, they would return to the same house, and the girl would clamber up the rain gutter to the edge of the roof and let down a rope for the sweep to follow after her. Then, walking very carefully so as not to make any noise, they would lay blankets against the smoking chimney stack, which was warm to the touch, and make their beds. Most children despise bedtime and will do anything to avoid it. This is because they are forced to sleep under scratchy covers inside stifling houses. If they could sleep like the girl in her sweep, on warm rooftops beneath a canopy of stars, they would understand just how magical bedtime could be. And as they stared into the infinite dark, sometimes the sweep would tell the girls stories about their day. Other times, they would just lie in silence. But every night ended the same way, with her falling asleep against his chest as he stroked her hair and sang her that special lullaby. With brush and pail and suit and song, a sweep brings luck all season long. As the sweep sang these words, the girl would drift off, dreaming of stars and seas and adventures far, far away. This was life as the girl knew it, and every night she slept soundly, knowing that she and the sweep would have each other forever. And now that we have finished reading that chapter, it's time for a three, two, one. Three things I liked about that first chapter, two questions I have about it, and one thing I learned. Here's what I got. Let's see if it matches up with yours. The thing that jumps to my mind, first of all, is the relationship between Sweep and the girl. It is sweet, not Sweep. It is sweet how uh, they treat each other and how they feel about each other. Uh, that bit about the bread where... Uh, he eats half and then she eats half of the half that's remaining and then he eats half of the half of the half that was remaining. So what is that? A half, a fourth, an eighth, something like that. I'm not good at math. I think that's nice. Uh, same where he gives her the scarf in the cold weather when you really need a scarf, but that he takes it in the hot weather, which probably doesn't make him feel any more comfortable, but uh, it's cute. So I like their relationship. I also like the humor. This book already feels sad in some ways, which I'll talk about uh, in just a moment. But I think you need a balance 
of humor in any story because you can't be all sad. That's that would just be too difficult to read. It's, for example, the part where when they come into a new town and they're looking for work, chimneys to sweep, what happens is the sweep asks about work, but the other chimney sweeps don't want him taking their work. And so they beat him up and rob him. But he spins the story so as not to maybe alarm the little girl. And he says, oh, no, I found out some there's some work a town or two away where these sweeps aren't. And all I had to do was give him all our money. And uh, we know that he's kind of coming up with a story that um, to make the girl feel better about his bloodied appearance and torn clothes. And then the third thing that I like about it is what's called foreshadowing. Foreshadowing is a word that means when authors put clues into a story to give you an idea of what might happen later on. Sometimes you don't realize that these are foreshadowing moments until you finish the entire book. If you go back to look at it again, or if you are recalling a certain part of the book, but the more that you read, you develop it like a muscle being able to pick up on these clues. And so one of the pieces of foreshadowing that I got, and maybe you did too, was the very last line of this chapter where it says, and every night she slept soundly, knowing that she and the sweep would have each other forever. Now, we all know that no one has anyone forever. We all are going to die someday, as sad as that is. Maybe if you're a young enough child, you don't understand the concept of death yet. But this makes me think that something might happen to sweep. And I know you can't see the text, but it's written all in italics, that kind of slanted writing, which when you see that often can be a flashback or a memory. And so if that is the case, we might find that the sweep and the girl are separated at some point, which leads to my first of two questions. Will something happen to the sweep and the girl? Will they be separated? Is he going to die? Is something going to change between them? And I think it must change because if it doesn't, the book won't be interesting to read about, right? We grow attached to characters and when something happens to them, that's what makes a book good, that we feel these emotions along with the characters in the book, perhaps. My second question is, looking back at the title, who is the monster or what is the monster? Remember, the book is called Sweep, the story of a girl and the monster. So if the girl is Sweep, who is the monster? Uh, and it, I refer back to the quote that I read at the beginning, which said something about um, imagination and being able to create something out of clay. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with how this monster comes about. We'll have to wait and see. And finally, one thing I learned from this chapter, even though it's the first chapter, something that I learned is what it's like to be inside a chimney. 
uh, it was never a place I really wanted to go to begin with. But the author, Jonathan Oxier, he does a pretty good job at creating this uh, claustrophobia, this fear of enclosed spaces that I have when he says that the girl and her thin frame could wriggle through even the tiniest flues. Being inside a chimney is a frightening thing. Well, there it is right there. Nothing being held back. It's so dark and cramped that one can scarcely tell which way is up. And then he goes on to talk about the cobwebs and the soot and uh, the nests in there. And this gets into the idea that at the time that this book is set, which is certainly not modern times, we don't have a specific year or anything yet. There was a lot of child labor where children like this little girl would be forced to work, whether to support their family uh, or other reasons. Um, and certainly child labor is illegal and, you know, a no-no now. Um, but that's also sort of a sad aspect of this book that even though it's dangerous and probably very unhealthy for the girl to be doing it, she does it because she has to and because she loves sweep so much. Once again, the name of the book is Sweep, the story of a girl and her monster by Jonathan Oxier. That is spelled A-U-X-I-E-R. Hope you enjoyed that and might even want to grab a copy yourself at your local library and independent bookstore as well. That'll do it for this episode of From the Top. My name is Jake Lewis. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to send me a comment, a question, or a recommendation for a future book to read on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at fromthetopbookcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you are notified when the latest episode is available. And give us a quick five-star review on whichever podcasting platform you use to listen to it. We would appreciate it, and it does help. Until next time, thanks for listening. Keep reading, and I'll see you from the top.